Welcome again to Beats and Buddies. I'm BT's Buddies. That's not right, actually. I'm Misa. I'm Nikki. Oh, Nikki Nair. He is. I, we, he actually is. We didn't pull him off the street. He's got talent. We're going to talk about that today, tonight. I don't know when you're watching this, but that's what we're going to do on this couch in this Holiday Inn. Stay tuned. Nikki. Nikki 2Ks. Yeah. Did anybody ever call you that? Uh, no, but that's, it would be nice. It, okay, guess, good. Yeah. I was going to say cut that one because it sounded better in my head when I was high last night. And so I'm glad. <laughs> okay, keep that one in. It's a good mafia name also. Yeah, yeah. Right. Nikki 2Ks. Nikki Nair, not a spelunker. Let me check on that because I did some research last night. Did you know? Yeah, I've seen that person. Uh, yeah, I think that's like, it's, it's uh, because it's just my name. That's, it's also somebody else's, yeah. That, that would be it, or <laughs> they stole on your identity. Have you checked, have you, have you done a check on this? Here's what I think, there, there could only be one. You gotta fight, they're probably in a cave, you gotta find them, you gotta fight them, only one can leave the cave. Thoughts? Yeah, well, I, I think they would win because they are a spelunker, <laughs> so if, if we went in the cave together, I would not know how to get out, or they would take my light or something. And if, if you've ever gone caving, it's, it's pretty scary, I think. It, like, yes. if, you, if you have to spend the night in the cave, and then like you don't have, it's like pitch black, I don't know. Strategy, I like yeah. that. I, you know, I'm very shoot from the hip kind of person. And so, you know, I would have gone in the cave with no knowledge of caves. Okay. Have you ever seen The Descent? Yeah, no, It's I a great horror film, it's about being in a cave. It's about oh. women spelunking, very solid. Do you like horror films? Yeah, that sounds like a cool movie, especially oh. given how scary caves are. Yes, yeah. yes. And I'll, let me just let me give you a little movie fact here. I mean, no, this is about you, but let me give you a movie fact. Yeah. Uh, there, there's something in the cave. There's, there's creatures, and uh, the the people, the actors, didn't know what they were gonna look like. So when they see them for the first time, real fear. Smell oh, it, that's feel amazing. it, love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love me some movies. So, who is Nikki? We're gonna get into that. Who? Who, who is, who is he? Who is you? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, are we I, even real? <laughs> Time <laughs> isn't. We don't even touch each other. Adam's just, they repel, right? Like, I don't even, I think, I think I know how this feels. Do I really, though? Is my brain just making that information? Nikki, 2014, you joined Technox. Yeah. Which I'm now realizing is a little off a play on Knoxville? Yeah, that was what it was, I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, did you, did, are, are we discovering this right now together? Uh, are we? <laughs> it's a monthly, yeah. Nikki. You're in a monthly, it's Tech Nux, they're doing monthlies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are these people, what are they? Yeah, are they so, to you? so they were, so I, I initially like, they, I think they started their party, the party in like 2012 or 11 mm. and had been throwing these small like techno parties. Um, and I, I, the first one I went to was in either 2012 or 2013, I can't remember. And they were, it was small, but it was like not intimidating and they were really nice. and. Because I kept going, they asked me if I wanted to DJ with them, and that was kind of how it started. Um, and they were like the the three. It was three people: uh, Alex Falk, uh, Saint Thomas Ledoux, and Dialectic Signs. Um, and Alex is kind of the the like old 
he's not old, but like older than us, raver. The old head, guy. right? Like he's the you know. He showed us all how to do the Gandalf. All this stuff. Yeah, the Gandalf. Yeah, and and he was already like releasing techno and mm. getting it played by by like all the cool DJs in Germany, mm. Um, mm. and so it was like the fact that it was local and mm -hmm. so non intimidating was mm. like really exciting. Great to me. combination. Yeah, I love friendship. Yeah, very important to me. I, I, I love friendship. Got, got a good friend circle, very happy about it. Took me a while to get there. It sounds like this perfect melding are friendship, raves, love yes. all those things. Yeah. What were you doing before that, 20, 2012, 20, 2013? You know, like it, you're, you're going to these parties, but where were you? Uh, well, like musically, I was not doing. I mean, I, I was making like electronic music on my own, kind of, and not. It wasn't like for anyone. It was just this is just what I do, or what I had done, um, and uh, I had. Before that, I was in college, and I had a band in college, and we played some shows, but not very many, and. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was with with uh, with Technox. I like started focusing in on actual techno with mm. them, and it became kind of this like uh, more like coherent thing that I was doing with dance music instead of just making it to fill up my hard drives and not show anyone. Um, a mad scientist yeah. in the lab. <laughs> a wizard in a tower. I love that. I love techno. I love love German techno. I love Detroit techno. I love minimal techno. I love German techno. I love techno. I talk to I talk about techno all the time. People are tired of it. I won't stop. I talk about techno and sopranos. Okay, I like both of those things, both techno and sopranos. And oh. I guess I'm about to have a was it prosciutto sandwich? A prosciutto. Prosciutto. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mono. Yeah. I I think like all of my now, whenever I eat cured, cured meats, I, I say the names like that. Mm -hmm. uh, same, right, ricotta. Maybe not, that's not a cured meat, but you know. Yeah, and spaghetti. I'm on the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I had never heard that one in real life. Have you heard those in real life? I haven't. People say I have not, okay. yeah. And every time I hear it, I'm like, for real? Yeah. But I, I never, you know, I was never on the East Coast. I don't know about East Coast Italians. I was I was uh, mostly a Texas girl. I did a little bit of okay. time in Southern California. I don't I don't know. You okay. Know? Yeah, I, that's true. Yeah, that's like its own culture, the East Coast. Yes. Like the Italians who live there are multi-generational and, and have probably developed their, 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 or they have developed their own dialects and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. I, I love East Coast. I feel like I get along with them. East Coast, Northern folk, we're all just a bunch of assholes. We just say how we are, how we feel, how we are, and I, I, can, I can get in with that. I okay. like it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I could probably be Italian is what I'm saying. Okay. I never will be, though. Genetically, it's impossible. Nikki, you were in a band. What kind of music was that? We were playing, uh, it was like funk, kind of. It was instrumental, and it was like kind of influenced by like Medeski, Martin, and Wood, and oh. it's like jazz, funk kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a trio. It was me, a guitarist, and a bassist, and I played the drums. Good, good. So percussion. Yes. You're in there. Oh yeah. When did you pick up the drums? Uh, when I was like eight or something. I think that was when I started, and I was pretty serious about it, kind of until college. Yeah. A wunderkind. <laughs> <laughs> now, are there anybody else in your family that was really into music? How did you stumble upon? You're eight. 
You're just walking into a music store and saying, let me try some of these drum sets? I think like, I don't know why, but ever since like I could like remember, I really just wanted to play drums. Mm -hmm. I think when I first heard music, it was like, that was, it was when I was like two, or when I first like remember hearing music, I think I had heard it my whole, you know, since I was little, but like I just wanted to play drums and probably every year until I was eight, I asked my parents for drums or if I could play drums. So, so it, it eventually they did it, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was very nice. My yeah. parents told me they were gonna get me a trampoline and they never did. It's like $112, never did. They're not even, yeah, they're not expensive. And that's when, you're a, when you're a kid, you assume a trampoline is like is a pretty big investment, like a car. Or right. That's like I assumed it was totally. probably the I same price as a car. Totally. I was like, oh, I get car. it. I don't want to be a burden. Got an adult looked up trampolines. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what they did? My brother, my brother got an entire entertainment system for his, for his every birthday, and it was right before Christmas too. Yeah. It's a whole thing. I'm not gonna get into my traumas, but I didn't ever. I never got the trampoline, and now I can't do backflips, and that is why I couldn't be a varsity cheerleader. That's unjust, yeah. It really is. Yeah. I do hold it against them. Nikki. Nikki, two Ks. Music. Tell me about, you're a kid. You hear the drums. There's, a, there's obviously music that you're hearing, and there's a drum pattern to it. You may not know it, but it's inside. You're, you're, you're feeling it inside you, and to the point where later on in your life, possibly, you're like, I have always been into this sound, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. For me, it's like breakbeats. You know, like I, every time I like look back, I love breakbeats. I love electric breaks. I love break. When I look back on like some of the things that I'm like, I've always been influenced by this sound. What was it for you? Uh, you said it. It was breaks. I mean, yeah. I feel like that was like the songs I remember. Like the I remember having this cassette, and I don't know what it was, but it had this crisscross performance. Uh, there were these kid, the you know the kids, oh, I know. yeah, and the beats like that they had behind them like I thought that was the coolest thing it sounded really cool and I didn't really understand that like that came from electronics or whatever mm -hmm. sampler I thought it was like drums in my head so it was like oh I, I want to make like the drum sound that's the that's like the cool sound yeah and then like uh hearing like the prodigy and stuff mm -hmm. um and even even like I remember Limp Biscuit when mm -hmm. I, that like I was maybe nine or something when I heard them, and their drummer played breaks like his all of his like main beats were breaks, and that was like mm -hmm. his other like different than all the other new metal drummers who were like more like metal drummers. That guy like actually played grooves, um, and uh, I don't know there were other there were other like Chemical Brothers and stuff like Definitely. that, but right. as a yeah, when I like learned to play drums, that was what I was like excited about, uh, trying to play like drum and bass and stuff. Mm, on the drums, yes. Yeah, that's just I watch a guy on the TikToks, as the kids call it, and uh, he does a drum and bass on on a drum set. So I finally get to see oh, it happen. Yeah. Right? Oh god, it's very good. It's he's so got this little spiral thing, and he's doing a whole. It's amazing to watch. I find it fascinating. So uh, we're going, you're, you're, oh, real quick, I do want to talk about, because you touched on Criss Cross, I don't know if you ever heard this, but there was, back in that time, maybe a little bit before, there was like this weird, uh, I wouldn't say weird, I'm not going to use weird, but it was a unique sound in California. There's, there's two uh, groups that come out that stand out in mind. One was uh, Tigra and Bunny, 
and it was like an electro break, and they'd be like, we're Teardrop and Bunny, and we like the boom. And they were talking about cars that go boom, and it, I'll send it. It's very, very I good. I want to hear that. Oh, that sounds good. sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. It's great. And the other one, I'll send, but it was called The Young and the Restless. It was a thing called B-Girls, and it was like, B stands for Broncos, bass, B&W. It was great. And okay. uh, very, very, uh, very rappy, but sing-songy, little record scratches. Yeah. Uh, it was like right when you owe yum to your raps was still a thing. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Big yeah, I would love to, I would love to hear that. Yeah. I I have very little memories from that like I was 2 or 3 when I heard that. So That's so right. I wouldn't have I don't think I knew no, no. any other music at that time. Shaped me. <laughs> yeah. Shaped me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki. Nikki. Raves. When did you start going to raves, Nikki? Um, I think the first thing I went to, I don't know if it was like actually a rave, but it was a Diesel Boys show. Because mm-hmm. um, that was like the first like DJ who my friends knew about and who I knew about, I guess. So he played in Tennessee um, 2006 or seven or something. And, and that was, yeah, the, the first thing I went yeah. to. So you're like, hey, we know about this thing. It's got this sound. You're into breakbeats. You're saying like, I'll go check it out. I love friends. I love friendship. I love discovering. I yeah. Love exploring. Well, I, yeah, I had heard his music before. Like, I, I, I think like I had been listening to like mixes of his that I downloaded for like years before that, and then he, I found found out that he was playing and had then went and and it was like it was everything. I kind of, I mean, it was even. It, you you don't get like drum and bass until you hear it on a sound system. Then mm-hmm. it's like mm. it becomes something else. So I already liked it, but then it was like kind of mind melting mm-hmm. that that performance, yeah, or that you know, whatever party, yeah. What was that party like? Your first part, you're walking in. There's lights. There's not lights. There's people. It's kind of not people because some of them are on drugs. They're not really people at some points. But yeah, you're you're entering. It's new. Yeah, it was like, it was um, kind of like scary compared to like the other, like I think I had been going to like jam band kind of things at the time because that was what my friends were into. Mm-hmm. Um, and this crowd was like, like bigger people who looked scarier. Like it was <laughs> like, the, it was, you know, it was Tennessee. So it was like this, like, I don't know, there was these like big dudes in tap out shirts, I remember, oh you know, like that yeah. that style yeah. of, of But person. like a candy necklace. <laughs> there were there were, yeah, there wasn't candy at that one. I guess one. the drum bass doesn't really have a lot of candy in it, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was more like like people who, who were like ready to like yeah, yeah. beat you up, but I don't no one was gonna beat anyone up. But they were it was all on like, ecstasy, you can't you can't swing when you're on ecstasy. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but the yeah the music was amazing like uh i think it was i think it was him and there was this other dj called demo who played with him and then a local dj um who i didn't know at the time yeah love so was it was it like in a in a big venue was it maybe like a warehouse was it somebody's house it was like a bar or or a bar club like tiny it felt like a dive bar or something it didn't it wasn't it didn't it wasn't a real like venue or like or 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 rave kind of space either um i didn't go to like a real rave thing until college and that and that was in pittsburgh and they actually had raves there 
Um, and Pittsburgh's got a lot of warehouses, I bet. Yeah, like, and, and just, like, things in, like, there was this, like, Irish center that they would have parties in, and there was one in, like, an old church. It was just, like, random places where mm. they would just have Love DJs that. playing. Yeah. Pittsburgh's kind of grimy, so it's got, like, kind of that, like, that feeling, right? Like, you're going in, and you're like, this is going to be something. This is, yeah. like, it's a little darkness to it. And drum and bass, too, if you're going to a drum and bass show in Pittsburgh, I mean, that's a, that's a whole mood. Yeah, I mean, I think they have like a pretty developed drum and bass scene, and and they had they had like, uh, pretty like in Pittsburgh, I went to parties that were like mixed genre, so it would have like hardcore room and like techno mm. room and some mm. trance person and like mm. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not a trance fan. I'm not a big fan of a lot of synths. I don't know, okay. like a modular synth different than a not in a I not in that, a yeah that's reasonable yeah DJ when did you start uh that was when I started with Technox I hadn't DJed before that I think I had I had a bunch of music but I had never thought that I could DJ it was always some like whenever I went to raves and stuff I didn't like go and meet people or anything I would just go there and I'm I'm like pretty shy person, so like I don't you know, I did, I wouldn't talk to anyone. I would just show up and dance and then leave. And and so I would <laughs> I like w didn't I thought that like that being the DJ was this kind of like almost like unattainably cool like thing that you got to do if you were mm -hmm. like the you know one of them. But mm -hmm. I was like not not one of them, you know. And was it vinyl at that like at that point? Probably not vinyl. It was probably a lot more Serato at that point, right? Like, or are you? Did you start on vinyl? Oh, when I started, no, it was. Uh, it was yeah. It was CDJs mm -hmm. uh, with CDs. That mm. was what people used. Yeah. You're looking. You're digging on the on the computer on the internet. Yeah, the um, but I, but I had I had started collecting records already because like I was into techno at the time, or I had like gotten into techno on my own and so it, I had just started buying techno records just for myself and was like slowly building a collection um, so okay. so I was I started DJing vinyl too pretty fast like w within maybe like within the the first few gigs I was DJing digital I started trying to play records too where were you finding the records, these techno records? Where were you finding them in Tennessee? Um, in Tennessee, you can't find much. Uh, they were in like, you can, I did find some really cool ones in used records, in a used record, like mm. bin at my store. I remember finding like an underground resistance record for 25 cents that like shouldn't have been 25 cents. I love that. Um, but I, I had like started like the first time I went, I went to this uh, movement to, to Demp, I guess it used to be I called. I always wanted to go. Yeah, it was because like Detroit is closer to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So one mm -hmm. of my, a lot of the people I knew in Pittsburgh like knew about that festival and, and said it was cool. So I went and, uh, and I think there I like went to a bunch of record stores and, oh, and bought That's records. And so that was like the first like grip of records that I had. And and then after that, it was like slowly building stuff. Um, yeah, in Tennessee, there's not much, mm -hmm. but I cleaned out like all of the used bins of like anything that was electronic. So I have a lot of random like hardcore records or just things that are you know really bad house records and mm -hmm. some really bad techno records that I got at that time. Yeah.
I, uh, do you mean electro break records? Oh yeah. Did you find that difficult? I found, I, I tried to spin electro breaks for a little bit in the 90s and it was so difficult. I couldn't even do two weeks. I was like, I'm making the thing that I love very ugly and I stepped away from it. Big mistake. Oh. I'm doing controller stuff now, but yeah. you know, like uh, I should have, probably should have started with house. You know, just kind of get the hang of it. It could, four. it could be, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I feel like electro is more like it's very, it it's very obvious when you like mess up the beat match. Yeah. I think it is a little like more just constant precise. train wrecks. Yeah. Just and I was like, oh, I gotta turn it off. You know. Like, oh yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. I think at that time I, I was, it was like mostly house anyway. Mm. What we were playing, I think like. You know, and the BPMs were slower, like for what was popular, and so how like a mixture of techno and house was, yeah. It's a good time. What was popular? I like doing a little bit of B more hard house and techno. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, that's like a good combination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just for hours just playing with it, and I can't wait to graduate to some more uh, advanced equipment. Let's talk about okay. your first DJing gig. Okay. What was that like? Uh, what was it like? I, uh, I think it was like the side, the side, uh, what was it the side room or like the patio of like a EDM kind of party in, in Knoxville and it was low pressure and very like, it felt amazing, but it was like, I, you know, I played for like five people or something mm -hmm. and they all told me good job. Oh. I have no idea if I did a good job or not, but I had fun, yeah. Yeah, getting your feet wet, figuring mm -hmm. it out. Having a, a space, to, a safe place yeah. to kind yeah. of dig your, root yourself in. Yeah, Go side on. rooms are important for that. I Definitely. feel like there needs to be more parties with like side rooms where like uh, either that I don't know, maybe that's still a thing in a lot of places, but that stopped happening in Knoxville, and I don't see it that often, but it seems yeah. like a good thing to have. I yeah. haven't seen a side room in a very long time either, now that you bring that up. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, where like people who have never DJed can go try it. Yeah, it's nice. So it sounds like you didn't really begin strictly with drum and bass. You were already exploring multiple genres and, and kind of collecting and playing and, and moving around, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with drum and bass, actually, like, I listened to it, but I never even considered DJing it at that time because it was, like, even producing it, like, I had gotten into trying to make dance music, but drum and bass, it seems like its own... It's so technical to, mm -hmm. like... And, mm -hmm. and it seems like it's also... It's just an intimidating genre to get it, to get into, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's for me. It's it's a, it's a, it seems like it's the cousin of electro bricks, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's got that. It's got that situation where there's a lot a lot happening. But with drum and bass and with you know jungle, like there's just you know it's, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, and you can't blend in the middle of the record like you can with techno and house. And yeah, that's where I wanted to go. But now you got to figure out. You don't want to slam it over. You want to at least get a little better blend. Yeah, yeah. That's well, yeah. With drum and bass, it, like. The, you ha you for the most part you do mix with the drops and you don't you can't like do like it like with techno especially like the really minimal stuff it's fun to just like see what you can put on top of the other record kind mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. uh, see what it creates sometimes sounds that don't exist on both records yeah <sighs> yeah it's chemistry yeah. science do you recall in the height of EDM when everything was structured the same? All of the beat patterns would lead up 
the drop would happen. You know, the buildups were very long. You were you kind of were coming into that era. Yeah, yeah. But your yeah your production doesn't reflect wh where where you were brought up, right? I listen to your stuff. I don't hear any of these gratuitous buildups and crazy drops, which I love, right? Another thing I like about techno too is the drops kind of come in from the bottom. They yeah. don't really come in. They don't really drop in from the top. You'd kind of like. You, you, before you know it, you're like, oh shit, here we are. Like, and it's like this whole other bassy, good sound. So, I guess what I'm asking here is, did you have any thoughts on that? Like, as you're growing and you're hearing these things, right? Like, especially at big massives. Yeah. Well, I feel like it has to do with the type of party. Like, mm -hmm. I think like what works in in like a sweaty techno party that's like a dark room and and not very many lights. <sighs> is not going to work in a football stadium like full of yeah, totally. full of like maybe more regular people yeah. so like i f it's like I, it's not even that one is better or worse than the other it just seems like they're different they have different functions like with with techno or with with like these smaller parties it's like you have to create like a vibe and create this like create pressure on the dance floor and it's not like a it's not like a you don't want drama in in like everyone raising their hands up at the same time and dropping them you know love that you said that let me tell you about an experience 2017 i take away from my corporate job i said you know what burnt i'm gonna i've got a little bit of money Hell let yeah. me just let me just see what i can do right yeah i'm, I'm my, my best friends they uh, decided to open up a nail studio, cute nail studio, the best nail studios in Austin, Texas, and it still is. And they also were making mermaid tails, so silicone mermaid tails, fully functional. Whoa. And we, were, we had a gig doing the mermaid stuff in Atlanta, which oh. we stay. Right? Did you know that uh, Atlanta is an anagram of Tennessee? It's not. So we're <laughs> in Atlanta, <laughs> and we're at one of these race car kind of like raves, right? And like, uh, it was probably summer 2017, and I'm like, well, I haven't been to, I took a hiatus from raving for, since early 2000s up until like 2015 maybe, and I was like, I've never been to this, let me see what it's about. Our job was to get a, pri a booth in the VIP and put on mermaid makeup to very drugged out ladies, it was, it was a good fun. They're very oh. sweaty, so it's hard to get the glitter to stick, but oh. give me 40 bucks, I'm gonna throw some glitter in your face. So I'm there and I'm watching, waiting for my next client, looking at that we're next to a main stage, and I'm like, look at these regular See, look at them. No, I'm a very bitter person. I'm a, my name's Misa. You can't spell Misandrus without Misa. Okay. I digress. I'm okay. watching them. I mean, I got love in my heart, but I'm watching these people. Yeah. And the thing was, because I love, I, I love raving. I love techno. I love, you know, I, I have a big, big love for it. And I'm watching these people fuck up the thing that I love. Yeah. I'm, and I'm there for so many hours, and I'm like, oh my God, it's all the same fucking formula. You know, I left it when it was became was becoming massive. Like I was, you know, coming out. Like I was like, this is gonna change. The whole culture's changing. I'm seeing fucking football players. I thought I was a geek. Now it raves. Yeah. Big dudes in candy necklaces. Which yeah. Is really weird look. <laughs> not that you can't do what you want to do. Hey, I'm yeah. just saying. I know that's not you outside of the fucking rave. So, I'm watching. I'm realizing it's all the same formula. And I've seen these zombie kids on really shitty pills. Uh, they're like walking, blah, 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 and then like that. They know when to throw their hands up, and everybody does it at the same time. And I'm like, but you don't know why you're doing it. You just know what the pattern is. And I have a, a, like a, a photo of me fanning myself and just, just, just mean mugging them. 
later that, that year. Yeah, yeah terrible. <laughs> and what you said, like later that year in, in December, I decided to throw my first rave. Get my, get my, see what it's about. What else am I doing? I'm not doing anything. You know, like yeah. I got, no, I got no job. I'm just I'm hanging out with my friend, one of my best friends. I've known her since the, for 20 years. I was like, hey, I don't know if I'm manic right now, but you want to throw a rave together? And she was like, yeah, let's fucking do it. She's like, I know. Have you ever heard of uh, Bill Converse? Yeah, I love Bill Converse. He yeah, he's awesome. He lives here. She's friends with him. She's like, we can get Bill Converse to headline. She's like, you're gonna love him. That's sick. It was very good. It's a little cafe. Shuts down at ten. We rave until four. Oh, perfect. Made my little pills. Anyways, I Bill Converse headlines, all vinyl. Dope. Uh, and I'm there, and I'm like, listen, I only want one fucking light. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want no lights. I want one fucking techno party. Only one fucking Hell light. Yeah. We did a coat check. It was very sweet. Um, and yeah, you know, like it was everything that I had wanted and I was like, I'm done. Like I did, I did the thing that I love and I did the way that I wanted to and, and was done. But yeah, like seeing Bill Converse still this day, I mean, anybody that knows me, I'm just constantly like, this guy's amazing. Got to see him twice in one week, a couple months ago. Never happens. That's awesome. It was. Yeah. It was awesome. And that's, that's like, I feel like you did it right. Like you, you, you did the one, you knew like the one light you get like a DJ like Bill Converse in a room like that, the party is gonna be perfect. It That's was. yeah. I had a friend show up and he'd never done this before and he's like, Oh, I saw you posting it and he's like, I'm just gonna come check it out. By mid Bill Converse set, he was like, Oh, yeah. this is what it is. Yeah. And I was like, Yes, this is what this is what it is. And um, you know, I, I feel like in Austin, it's actually kind of coming more back to that. Like it's it's it started a little bit like in that era, like you know, these younger kids. You always the kids are all right. They yeah. began building up, and we're still here in this part where it's it's all coming back. You know, we're we're not doing masses. I mean, they still happen, but we're not going. Yeah, I guess like that's the thing. The ma the idea of the massive is like it, it isn't even the parties we did in Knoxville were more like we only had like. We were like, let's only have red light and only have mm. a few of them and, and have it be dark and yes. have it, you know, and that's it. There's nothing. Just, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, you don't need that many people, but a small room with that, like, that atmosphere and a good sound system, it's like, it's perfect. Production. DJing. DJing to production. You were, you were producing before you actually were DJing. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't making full dance music. I was just making music using electronic stuff or using my laptop and whatever I could, I would record and stuff. Mm -hmm. So then you began DJing. Now you understand what your sound, what sound you want to build, right? Yeah, exactly. From there. Yeah, it like gave it a purpose. And I was like, oh, I want to, now I want to make techno. And I was trying to actually make techno at that time, techno and house. Who was yeah. inspiring you at that at that point? What were you listening to? What was what were the who were who were the people to start there? Who were the DJs? Who were the producers that you're listening to and you're like, I want to make something like this? Uh, one of the well, so Alex Falk, who's in Knoxville, that's like one of the main ones because he was there and and he was like. I think he already had something on like a hypercolor imprint and like Marcel Detman was playing his music so he seemed like he was so cool. Um, and then like um, like Mr. G was like a big influence and like Jeff Mills mm. and like uh, kind of, I tried, I wanted to make stuff sound like warm and like dusty and like kind of hardware techno vibe mm -hmm. I mean it was like mm -hmm. we, that was like what we would, hardware techno and tech house but like tech house like Mr. G and that that style of tech house mm -hmm. um, and and even even like 
Theo Parish and, and that like strain of, of like deep house or like mm -hmm. real house or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, it is. It that is. was like what I, what I was into. Yeah. I like when it sounds like, I like my techno and tech house to sound like a broken dishwasher in the pits of hell. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, like the the Midwestern thing where like, and I imagine that like Bill Converse is here. So like that vibe is like also popular here, like where it's like, it doesn't sound like, like necessarily welcoming, but it's, it's just this like, like primordial yes. drum noise. Yes, and yes. And then some people are like, oh, okay, this is what, all right. And they can kind of feel it. I mean, there's a, there's a thing to it. I don't know, there, but there are some people who are like, I can't, it's repetitive, I don't know why you but like it's, it. It's organic and it's like, it feels like, it actually feels like more, like when you hear it in the environment, like you said, it's organic and real. And like, it doesn't, like if you tried to play something that was like, really like hi-fi and mm. like bouncy and it, you know, had some obvious vocal or something in it, in that environment, it would sound cheesy and it wouldn't, it would sound like you were like, it wouldn't, I don't know, it would ruin the vibe. Like, yeah, if there's, right? yeah, it's You're trying it, too hard. You're emulating what you think it should be instead of just doing what it is. Yeah, good, yeah, that could be what it is. Yeah, yeah, like I haven't ever placed it, like what that is, but that was like, it's still kind of like what, yeah, that's like the spirit of, of everything, of how, like what, what I wanted to do when I was, yeah, producing. I love that. I, I, what I like, when I'm, when I'm digging, and I wanna talk about digging in a second, uh, I, I'm, I know, I realize that what I like, besides the broken dishwasher and hell, when it comes to vocals, I also am looking for whenever you've taken too many drugs and you begin to audio hallucinate. When I can find vocals that remind me of that, oh, I just, I gotta, I just stack it. I just, yeah. I'm like, give me all of that. And you actually, let me go down over here. You have a track that reminds me of that. I think it's in Mango. No, wait, it's just trying to. The wigged out vocals that you kind of like get in there. It's not the main vocal set, but it's that wigged out, uh, you know, it's like in the background kind of, but it's, it's like, you're like, oh, it's, it's, what, how, what is that technique? What is that called? What is it? What do we, do we have a name for that? Do you know oh, what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you, I, like, I don't know if I have, in that one, I think like it was like, I was just trying to make it sound like the track was melting. Mm. I guess that was like what I was mm -hmm, going for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My face is melting. <laughs> have you ever seen anything? Have you ever hallucinated and saw something melting? It's, it's wild. Oh, uh, I don't actually take drugs. Good so for you. I don't know. Good yeah. for you. Mind intact. I have, and I have seen something. First time I ever took acid, I saw something. Just, I, was, I was like, this is crazy. Now I wasn't making it. I looked over in the corner of my eye. I was like, oh shit, the wall's actually melting. Never Whoa. seen anything like that since. Uh, but I remember it. I remember it. Nikki, digging. You, went, you did some physical digging you were looking through. Let's talk about white labels. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love a white label. Yeah. Why do we love them? I, I think it has to do with, like, the, like, it feels like a secret or yes. something. I yeah. do. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Because I'm like, you, you did something here, and you don't, you know this is for somebody. Not everybody. You know that this is for somebody, though. Yeah. You don't care. You just put, you just threw it into the world. Who are you? Yeah, and yeah, the anonymity of like the records when you buy them, you're like somebody just made this like weird 
press this waveform into this thing and it doesn't say anything about what it was and why they did it. Yes. It was just there. It's just there and, and they're yeah. always, they're, I mean, I'm gonna say it, 90% of the time, very good. Very good tracks. Even like on Bandcamp now. People, you know, just yeah. got into Bandcamp. Oh, I know, yeah. I'm late, I'm a late, I'm a late bloomer. Definitely have some of your stuff in in, in, in my in my favorite or my in my I bought it and it's one of my favorites. Uh, but I'm in there and I'm looking. I'm like, oh my god, there's fucking white labels in here. I love also that it's almost like wine, right? You look at the you look at the picture of like of the image. And you're like, I don't really feel drawn to this image. And then when you do feel drawn to an image, usually good. Do you find this to be true? I think so. Like, well, at least like at least. Um, yeah, I mean, for the because for the most part, there's something, uh, either it's on purpose or like subconscious, where like the people who make good or make music, like the music ends up looking somehow like what they packaged it in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess. I and agree. Yeah, with with white labels, I think it's also like the artists are comfortable with like their music kind of being a part of this culture rather than just their own kind of like creation. Oh, I, I want to take a moment with that. Oh, just touch my mic. Pick that up. It's fine. I'm take a little moment. That's a good one. That's good. <laughs> now, when you're when you are digging, you're doing like your electronic digging. Like I don't know if you still collect vinyl if you're going to do physical digging, right? Like maybe you are. I, yeah, you're I do. Still yeah. are. That's great. How was it moving your vinyl from Tennessee to Atlanta? That was, it's, it was a hot, it's hot in the South. Yeah, hellish. Did you, have to, did you move in the winter? No, it was in the summer. Well, um, you are a risk taker. Yeah, it was stressful. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, moving vinyl was like, I, after uh, we finished moving it, I kind of like was thinking about selling all of it because it was like such a bitch I was like I don't ever want to do this again <laughs> you're like I'm staying in Atlanta <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely but at the same time like it's your babies it's hard to yeah I, I did go through it right after that and try to get rid of a bunch but like I didn't get rid of much I think like <laughs> yeah I mean, it's gonna stick around yeah uh, I only order them in the winter. I like, okay. And I'll look, you know, yeah. in, in summer, Texas summers are very long. You only get like maybe three months of winter, and of course, so climate you're, crisis. Yeah, you're so. ordering them online. That's yeah. Yeah, I've got, you get so many melted records <sighs> in the summer. I couldn't, so I just gotta, yeah, gotta. As soon as it, we're in, we're, we call this false fall, it's, it's not real fall. It's okay. gonna trick you. It's gonna yeah. give you a couple mornings. You're like, well, let me. I saw a guy the other day. Uh, wearing a flannel, and you know, it's now 6 p.m., it's now oh. hot, and he's wearing a flannel, he's riding his bike. I was like, you thought for a second that was gonna work out all day. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't, new to, new to town. Uh, yeah, like as we were ordering, we're ordering our vinyls, we're, we're digging around, you know, you're still using probably the same techniques, as you're, you're just, you're in a record store, you're lost, you, maybe you, you grab a stack, you go to the, you go listen to them, or do you not listen to them? Do you just grab your stack and go? You do you give a listen? If there's a listening station, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely, yeah, yeah. Do, do you have your own portable? Uh, a record player? No, I have a friend who has one, and it seems like a good thing to get. Like, have you ever to seen do. Scratch, the documentary? No. Oh, Nikki, 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 let me tell you, Scratch. It's about DJing. I mean, we got to cut the interview right now. We got to turn on my Amazon Prime and find it. Oh. Send you that too. I got a whole list to send you now, Nikki. Yeah, I would love to watch that. Uh, yeah. it's, it has DJ Shadow right before he was like right at when he uh, released, oh. um, you know, like his most his Opus Magnum, right? you could call it that. I mean, him. anyway, so, you know, uh, he, he, we have a premiere. We have um, 
uh, Rob Swift, some of the executioners, wow. Visible Scratch Pickles, are all being interviewed, and they're all kind of talking about, you know, like when they first began to learn how to DJ. Um, yeah, there's so many things in there, and, and uh, well, you know, uh, Shadow is talking about. I, I think it may even be somewhere in Tennessee or in Kentucky. He's he's whenever they would go around to a tour, they would always hit up a record store, right? I'm sure as you do too. And they were saying that sometimes uh, this is back when we relied on phone books. They would go and look in the phone book for record stores, and they'd have a page ripped out because other DJs yeah. would do it, so then nobody else would know where else the record stores were. Whoa. Shadow had a relationship with this one guy though, and he kept going in there, and he was like, you should see my basement, and he kept telling him that, and finally one day he's like, let me go see your basement. And so he goes downstairs, and it's just stacks upon stacks upon stacks upon stacks. I mean, it is when you see it Whoa. for the first time. You know, he pulled a lot of samples for that album, and uh, that's awesome. we've got to get you in that movie. It's, you're going you're gonna to love it. Okay. Oh, yeah. So now digital digging, right? Now we, you're coming in the era, mostly digital digging. Like, mm -hmm. what, how, are you, uh, how are you doing this? How are you rabbit-holing into this? I feel like What's your uh, method? yeah, a lot of it has to do with, I mean, yeah, Bandcamp is kind of my main source of where I buy music. I um, a lot of it is like DJ, like listening to DJ mixes, but that, but that's like also, I mean, that's one way. But then once I, I have like labels I like and artists I like, then I guess trying to keep up with those labels and finding out where those artists are also releasing and then just it's like a network of associations of labels and artists mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. kind of so just can trying to stay in touch with what is happening with with all of them because it's with Bandcamp, like it's not as searchable as like Beatport or Juno or like yeah. you can't just like and the genres are not specified or not clear and and that's actually it's a good and bad thing it's like makes it less functional for people who are just like just want to get in and get what they're looking for mm -hmm. but it's cool because like you don't have to like i mean you don't have to you don't have to tag your own genre when you put it like in if you want your track on beatport you have to tell them what it is and that's like <laughs> itself kind of i don't know demeaning or something yeah I don't like, well do this that. little banger is right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta this, sell it you gotta market this, it right then and there this one is bass house this one is breaks yeah and you're like yeah. it's just it is what it is don't yeah. make me do the thing <laughs> i like to go and I, I find a track i like then I, I see who else liked it then i click on their profile and i look at what they like and what yeah. they got that's the other thing. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's I definitely do that too. Yeah, yeah. it's a good time. Yeah, You're like I'm like, oh, we're friends now. Found a guy, and I was like, we like all the same shit. Like I was like, we, we we're buying all the same stuff. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. How do I reach out to you? How do we become friends? I I have a friend in in Knoxville. My friend John, and he's not like a. I think he he used to DJ like in the 2000s or like OOS and and maybe even 90s. But like, he was telling me that that there's a famous DJ who always buys the records from his, who always looks at his collection and buys those records, and it's kind of cool that yeah. that's happened. Like, you know, this guy, I don't want to say who it is, but it's a DJ who I really like, mm -hmm. who's always going into my friend's collection, and like, <laughs> and he, so he gets the Buyakasha yeah. notification. You know those? Yeah, yeah you get those. He gets those from and same. I'm all like, oh, homeboys, I'm, I'm in it. Like immediately, like, stop everything. I'm like, what did he get? Let me yeah, listen to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's fun. I like it. And it's like you know, like if 
What are you gonna do? Like, you know, there's you can buy a whole album. There's different cuts you're gonna be playing on it. You know, like we maybe they. I don't know. Oh, it's, I, th it's I think see it as a positive thing. Definitely. Yeah, like I mean, I would, I would, I love when people buy like buy stuff that is in my collection because that yeah, it means like the artist gets it's more. A little bit of validating. Yeah. Like, oh, you like too. I also like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now we have one a little bit of time before your bursute and baguette comes. So I just oh, want to yeah. want to talk about a couple things. I want to address toxic perfectionism. You know, I have a lot of artist friends, and uh, I've heard some of them sometimes they're producing something and they're like it's not ready yet. And sometimes things never get released because they feel like it's never ready. Has oh. this ever happened to you? Yeah, uh, kind of. I think like that thing is specifically like what I had to get over to mm -hmm. like to. I don't know, get releases and stuff. I think, I think actually, like, uh, my friend Alex, or Alex Falk, who, who is one of the Technox guys, he has this way of producing that he just, you just crank out, like, five tracks in a mm -hmm. session, and they're not all perfect, but some of them are really good, and some of them might be bad. And that was, like, that way of doing things, I was like, I will do it that way. Instead of, like, seeing making a track as like making an opus or making like a sculpture or something it's more like it's just an action that you perfect like the process of so instead of like getting instead of making working on making a good track i work on getting better at making tracks and every track i make is just like a snapshot of that procedure that's like how i feel like is the way to get over that maybe. I mean, that was my next question. How do you know when it's time to let it go? That is a methodology. Take some notes, people that are gonna be watching this. A lot of people, millions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything you're trying to learn right now? Yeah. Production-wise, gear-wise, life lessons? Yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of things. Um, what am I learning? Was I can start with production maybe. I guess with production, I'm trying to like learn how to make like uh, more modern sounding stuff. Not that like, well, I don't know. I just realized I couldn't do it like one day. That's I your was, sandwich. You're going to hear that. That's I was, a sandwich. I was talking like, I spent years talking, talking shit about EDM. Maybe mm -hmm. I can't say that. Sorry, talking trash about EDM. Why can't um, you say that? Or I can say that on here. Okay. Have you? Have you? Didn't I? Have I not? You can. You say might it. have. I just wasn't. Oh, it's wasn't, a problem uh, in my head. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so uh, I spent a long time, yeah, talking shit about EDM, and I realized like I can't make that. Like I don't know how they do it. And then, and then there's also stuff that like is maybe more underground techno but has this like insanely modern production styles like like uh i don't know i'm thinking about like uh there's this label called subcult that i like from china that they just do this stuff that sounds like it's from the future and i make stuff that like is almost like idiosyncratically old sounding maybe because i like using you know distortion and stuff and I wanted to figure out how to do that. How love to distortion. Yeah. Love it on guitar. You know, Sonic Youth. Yeah. Big, big, big. Uh, I think that futurism's on its way back. You know, we're doing the whole people. The kids are the kids are really into the two thousands. They're 
they're going nuts about like, well, what was that culture like? It was a terrible time, but they love it. And I think oh. futurism was really big back then. Silver shiny suits, you know, weird little bubble glasses. I guess this is where Nikki 2K comes in. Oh, I was really thinking about Goodfellas, like when he says Nikki no-nos, and I was like, Nikki 2Ks, but uh, it could, right? I thought about that too. I was like, it's kind of Y2K-ish kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember in that time, like there would always, like video games would come out and it would be like NBA 2K. I think. Oh, like, yes, yeah. yes. You know, <laughs> I was, was watching the TikToks and somebody was like, oh my God, I just realized that Y2K means year 2000. And I logged off. <laughs> uh, one, one more question before we go. Um, I want you to tell me your weirdest dream. Oh. Uh, so, I feel like this was a dream I remember from when I was really little. And I like I I uh, walked into like a hotel, and there was a postman, like a very tall postal delivery man, and he was, um, and there was like a smaller person next to him, and he was like stepping on the smaller person and flattening him like a pancake, um, and uh, I. I was just trying to figure out why that was happening. But that was, I just, I remember that was a recurring dream at, from when I was like three or four or something. And I, I don't know what that is. I love a recurring dream. Those, I, yeah. I would have talked about that with you later, but I have recurring landscapes in different parts of town. Oh, it's yeah. like a whole thing, yeah. We'll it's it's later. like really interesting to yes. kind of like figure out what that stuff means. Like, and cause I think it is part of your brain telling you, you know, something about what, it wants you to do. Oh. Right. Well, we're going to get into that tonight after you're done with the sound check oh, before yeah. you get in. I need I to, to I have a whole that. thing about it. So we're going to do that. Um, this was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed you. I think that you're great. I think you're very talented. I love to see you. I've never seen you play. I'm excited for tonight. Oh, We've you. got a show. He's going to do a show. He's going to eat his baguette and brujute. We take him to a show. He's going to do a little sound check. He's going to, it's going to be very bassy. Wish you could be there. Maybe you will. Nikki, Nikki 2K. Nikki Nair, not the Spelunker. Yeah, not the Spelunker. You're wonderful. Hey, let me put it here. Our hands are a little bit, no, my hand's more sweaty, but. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the interview. It was fun. Thank I you for fun. the interview. Yeah. I did too. <laughs> All right.